Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm the Terminator. Sitting next to me, nobody. <laughs> you guys didn't even catch on, did you? <laughs> no, you're getting all these cool nicknames. Belichick, Terminator. Yeah, I mean, we got the big V. Angry. What am I, like the old guy? The yeah. old man in the sea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ernest Hemingway. I'm not that old, but... <laughs> no. I don't know. We'll think of something. I think you might have outlived Hemingway. Yeah, I might have. Yeah, he was very old. <laughs> I think he he took his own life. Yeah, we're right. not going to be doing that here. The, the, yeah, okay. you're, this not, is, you're not Hemingway. <laughs> yeah, this is a great way to start the show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. We're tripping all over ourselves. Okay, I'm actually Andy, but I was I was called the Terminator, and there were memes sent to me. And um, a lot of comments. But it was very funny if anyone listened to the last show, which I think most of you have. So anyway. You say that with a clenched jaw. No, my mouth is open. It was very (laughs) funny that you almost (laughs) sent me memes. (laughs) I I I enjoy all the feedback. Keep them coming. Yes. Yes, and we did get a lot of feedback from last show. But this is this show. We're fulfilling obligations with this show. Indeed. But as you guys can hear, that was Vance. He is not here. Ranger's mouth is open. He's no longer in front of Ranger. Um, Unless you're south of Ranger looking north, then yes, then Ranger is in front of Vance. But then if you're north looking south, Vance is in front of Ranger. Okay, go. Go, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough of the compass directions. That was Todd Young, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. And this show was brought to you by Fat AZ Musky Products. FatAZMusky.com. I am working on the website. I am making progress. It is not done yet, but it has started. So, with that, we make the rod holders. Very popular. Many big names are running them, along with many weekend warriors. Um, If you're looking to set up a boat this year, please give us a shot. I will be fair and honest and give you the best advice uh, about your setup. Um, And there are times that I tell people to go to another uh, company for what I feel is best for their needs. So give us a shot. You can find the baits. At Muskie Tackle Online, you can also find them in Team Rhino Outdoors. Uh, I am working on a TRO order, so look for that here soon. I'm going to need more blanks, so that's what's holding us up right now. They're in the mix. They're in their plans, we'll put it that way. Perfect. And from there, you can also find some of the baits at the upcoming shows, and I'm going to hit on these things real quick. In about a week, Todd and Vance will be vending in Columbus, Ohio at the Ohio Muskie Show. Hashtag vending. Okay. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that means when the people do hashtag. I don't know. It's it's a dumb thing. (laughs) Just trying to be hip. God, dirty. Life's passing me by. Okay. Yeah. As life passes Vance by, the youngest <laughs> out of all of us. 
Um, <laughs> they will be in. They will be in Columbus. I will not be. At least as of right now, I will not be. So, Vance. So, if you're really serious about setting up your boat, you might be talking to me, and uh, by getting a card to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I can do this. I, I I'm good at I'm good at selling those rod holders because they're the best out there. There you go. That was that. I was... don't know if I can put them together. That's the problem. Like getting the right pieces, I can sell them. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm here. The other fifty yeah. percent, I will be able to put them together. <laughs> okay. So do not shoo away from the booth because yeah. me and Pod look like we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> Yeah, how nervous is Andy going to be when we're up there? Oh, I know, I'm not going to be nervous gonna, at all. Yeah, because hanging it, signs upside down, <laughs> all the baits all over the place. I'm. I think I'm more into the like the backdrop and everything looking nice than Andy is. Andy's like, well, that banner was fine. No, it's not. It's a little crooked. Well, you're going to bite through all your fingernails. Andy's got all the screws in the right compartments. We're going to screw this whole. We're going to screw it all up, Vance. I, we'll be good. Be I good. have taken a lot of precautions preparing for the Ohio show. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I, I mean, I have bagged all the bolts necessary for every style of rod holder. Because they know. Like, I'm going to feel like, stop back in, yeah. it's like, stop back in five minutes. I'll have these four put together. Vance and I are going to be like, okay, how long are you here? Yeah. Oh, the whole day? Okay, stop back at the end of the day. We, we we'll might try have to have everything put to together for you. <laughs> I'll just sell you the one out of the thing for $5 off. <laughs> oh if you guys want to see something <laughs> hilarious, if you guys want to see something hilarious, buy rod holders and stand there long enough to watch Todd assemble the box that they go in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how to put the damn box together. I used to. I did last year. I can't remember now. <laughs> I we, we were doing this in Chicago, and he like gets the box and he just like starts folding every fold, and he's just looking at like, huh? And just he undoes it, then he folds every fold again. How can you fold a? How can you a box into a circle? I'm upset, <laughs> man. I, mean, I you're, did this. You're not. <laughs> You're leaving us hanging by not coming. People want to see Andy, and you need to be there, man. We the Belichick. We work. We work well together as, as, as a trio. You know, peanut butter jelly. Pick up a bell and the bread tonight. No, this is this is what I was going to say. I just had to work it in the correct spot. Vance, I'm going to see Vance before the show. I'm going to give him a good hands-on rundown. He will then be certified in rod holder assembly. And at that moment, he's going to surrender his shirt, and I'm going to cut the sleeves off, so everyone know he's certified. <laughs> Please, he has. Is it going to be your shirt? Throw, no, it's going to be of yours. Your checks. Oh. Throw one okay. of the bell checks. And, and in and the box, Vance will and then have will earned his no sleeves. Deal, deal. We will hang a bell check from the booth. Yeah, we'll be good. Come to Ohio. Come. See oh us. yeah, we're going to be fine. We know what we're doing. We know how to put together rod holders. It's, it might not be as pretty and efficient as Andy, but you know, we know how to use them and catch get a um, and you use them efficiently in the way that they're supposed to be ran. So get a run done on putting that damn box together. I am going to be. I predict at least one FaceTime like bail us out. 
What are we doing <laughs> wrong? Hell, <laughs> I had just Hell. long skinny. I had just long skinny box. You could have put like toothpicks in. <laughs> <laughs> We're not. We've got Andy and Andy. Andy looked at me with the with the Belichick look and said, "No." <laughs> Did he yell at you? Yes. No. I, I had him sit in the corner. I said five minutes. Go over there, <laughs> and then I rolled up a newspaper and swatted him on the nose. Oh my god! <laughs> I remember that. Okay, I went back to the bait sales department <laughs> with a tear in your eye. Yeah. <laughs> What were, what are we even Let's talking go. about? I, I don't know. I wanted Fat to go Izzy, through the musky products. We're going to the shows. Shows. Right. And then there's going to be another one. But where is that one going to be? We haven't talked about this show yet. Somebody help me. Okay, the musky Max. Go plus. The musky Max there's going to be plus. one before the musky Max, though. Oh. Oh, yeah. Another I'll fine touch, sponsor. I'll touch base on this, yes. Vicks Marine and Ranger Boats sponsor this podcast. Sponsor me and Todd for Muddy Creek. Uh, they are going to be putting on an open house, and that will be uh, at Vic Sports Center, Vic's Marine, uh, February twenty fourth. Actually, it's it's twenty twenty three and twenty four. It's that weekend this year. It's a big open house. It's like a huge airplane wing filled with. All their boat lineup, Star Weld, Starcrafts, and mostly Rangers. Um, there's going to be a couple seminars. Uh, there's going to be new products, um, some baits, some walleye stuff, uh, a lot of Great Lakes-driven things. And then you're going to have a couple of ragtag bunch of no-namers, Todd and myself, talking about musky fishing. Hold and on. We're gonna be t- I'm going to drop a bomb here. Okay. I might... Make an appearance. Nice. Saturday. Very nice. Very nice. And we're basically essentially going to be uh, giving you a hands-on seminar on musky trolling. Um, And essentially uh, giving you a visual of what we're going to talk about on the podcast here. Eventually, if we ever get through the plugs. But Vic Sports Center, Vic's Marine. They're awesome customer service. I can't, uh, you know. They just they help they help me out. They 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 saved my two years of guys. They bailed you out big time. Yeah, and uh, which I'm is forever. what you were. It's all you were looking for. That's all I was looking for, and it was uh, it was just it, it was incredible because I was in an all time low, and they literally, I, I was I was reaching for anything, and. They saved it, and I, I just, I finally felt confident, and I mean, it, it's just, I hope nobody ever has to feel that way, um, it, but it's incredible when, when everything starts to work out, and uh, they saved me, they they saved Muddy Creek uh, in, a, in a way for that, for that, the last two seasons, uh, and I'm forever yeah. grateful for that. Ranger Boats, awesome, super pumped to you, to you. Uh, Use the boats here for up on Chautauqua Lake, uh, and that will take us in the Muddy Creek Fishing Guides. Todd, take it away. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishingguides.com. Give us a call. 
We're going to be fishing at Chautauqua Lake from the last Saturday in May through November. Uh, we're going to do our best to get you out there and get you on some fish. And we uh, have a pretty good success rate at that. I'll be fishing a little bit early season. Anyone's interested fishing some of the PA, Western PA lakes, give me a call for that. We'll try to plan your trip. Uh, if you know when you're coming, do it now. You know, if you got a week vacation, I had a couple people book some of those trips because of the podcast, you know, because uh, we will fill up. So get a hold of us. They're not, Chautauqua is not just a numbers lake. We can get you on some serious fish. Absolutely. Yeah. Musky Max Plus will be the next show after Vic's seminar yes. days or show open house, I should say. And at the Muskie Max Plus, I can tell you right now, with extreme certainty, that I have no idea what the weather's going to be like. Because it went from negative 10 five days ago to 58 degrees. And yeah. almost all that snow we talked about is almost gone. The water is going to overflow the riverbanks. If yes. anybody wants to see something incredible... Um, there was on Facebook, I forget exactly who put it up. I think it was poor Richards tackle and they put up a video of Walnut Creek, which is a steelhead Creek that feeds Lake Erie. It's a tributary. I don't know how anything could survive that. Yeah. It looked like six inches thick of ice. Just it, it, it was crushing. It is savage. So anyways, oh, I got I to check that out. Yes, check that out. But anyways, I'm talking about the Muskie Max. Muskie Max Plus. That Plus, I forgot the Plus. That means yes. it's better than a non-Plus. Yes. Um, really looking forward to that show. That's going to wrap up our show season. And it's just, to me, it, it just has a lot of quality to it. I really enjoy it. A lot of, a lot of friends... We, you know, I might only see these people once a year, and it's going to be there, and it's just a good time. And uh, you know, it, March ten and eleven, Embassy Suites in Moon Township. They got uh, everything's ready to go there. It's a great facility, easy to get into. As Andy said, he doesn't know the directions yet, but uh, we'll get him there. I'll have Vance sitting in the front seat. And we'll have it plugged in. Yep. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna get in the groove. You can find a Musky Max on Facebook. You can find them in I mean if you can't find a Musky Max you're Yeah, get involved with that stuff too. They do such uh, uh they're uh you know, you can send them in pictures, they put them up yes. on on you know, their uh their pages. Throwing up videos, videos got tons of stuff going on. They yeah. they make they they almost cater to the family of of making you want to go, uh, you know. I mean, yep. that's, okay, why get, that's why they get why they get the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Wife and kids, we can go down here and oh look, there's you know I sent this picture in of us and little Johnny. It's up there on the screen. Isn't that cool? And you know, it doesn't just seem like such a guy's trip and things like that. But yeah. they got a, only a couple booths available. Uh, so if you're looking to vend, get a hold of them shortly. 
because it's it's about filled up but uh by all means make the make the trek down if you're in the area it's a great show i mean there's a lot of people go incredible demographic with the 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 trolling baits there all those heavy hitters are going to be there it's yeah. almost worse worth the trip just to do that uh, a lot of trolling comes from that area a lot of good trollers come and fishermen come from that area and uh, a lot of great bait makers too and they will all be there that's worth it it's what i look that's my, my most favorite show every year yeah lots of people through the doors mm-hmm and with that, St. Quarter Rods, best rods on earth. Um, you know, just when you think that they, you know, they can't do anything else with fishing rods, they come out with new new lines every year, you know, slight improvements here and there, just some really cool stuff going on. So if you, if you fish, you could probably find a rod for just about anything you fish for. So big thanks to St. Croix. All right. If you had to choose, and I'm going to tweak last last shows just a little bit because it was a little too easy. Now, you guys already, well, by you guys, Todd and Vance already know what it's going to be. And I'm going to work through the wording of it, but I'm probably going to fail. Okay, so here's the situation. On one hand, you could have no boat. You don't own a boat, but you like to go fishing. Your buddy has the boat of your dreams. So you can go fishing with him when he allows you to. And you go and have fun. Or you could have just an awful, terrible boat. And you let your imagination be how terrible it is. But it's yours. And you can go fishing when you want. But the whole time you're cursing your boat. What would you, if you had to choose? And there's no okay. buying a new boat. This is the situation. You're stuck. Mm, okay, now I have to think about this. I'm stuck with this. Uh, I'm good. I want to be the captain because that's what I've been for many, many years. I don't care if I'm the captain of, of the 12-foot aluminum. Even if that means that everything breaks and you spend half the time just trying to get the thing to work. Well, that all comes back to you, Andy, because I'd have to call you. But yeah. I, I have the nice boat. Why would, I, why would I come fishing with you with yeah, a piece of junk? I'd have to call you to figure out what, what is wrong. Mm. No, there's not much goes wrong with a little 12-foot pillar. Well, okay, so you pull the rope and, and it comes out in your motor. hand. <laughs> yeah. So I'd just use a trolling motor. Has anybody, Vance or Todd, have you guys like pulled the cord and had it like come out in your hand? No. There is nothing. No, but I've seen it done. I've more it helpless done. feeling than the only way to start your motor <laughs> is literally laying on your lap and in your hand. A wet spaghetti yeah. noodle of disappointment. I've I've seen that done. It, it happened on on uh, you know when I was. Young going up to Chautauqua Lake, and we fished out of a 14 foot aluminum with a 9 8 Merc tiller on it with my uncle. He he pulled the string all the way out, and it just snapped the one time. <laughs> and he was just, I mean, it, we were done, you know. 
we were done fishing for the week, uh, you know, and at that, at that time he had that boat for 30 years and he's like, Oh, Oh, I can't believe this. I've had this boat for 30 years. It's never happened. And we were, it was like a Wednesday and our time was limited up there. It was like the second day that it, you know, the second day that we got up there, I was all gun ho to go fishing. We pulled that out and that, that happened. Uh, we ended up like essentially not fishing that week and going pleasure boating. And I was so pissed because all the dads pitched in, you know, like my dad and him. And they got like some pontoon with like a 50 horsepower. We went as fast as the damn little 14 footer. I was upset. So essentially we just <laughs> did like tours on Chautauqua Lake, which was nice because I, I barely got to see the, the other ends of those lakes. You know, we kind of just fished in the middle there because that's all we really could do in such a... What is going on? Who's okay. getting arrested? There's a... Uh, there's a sting operation in Vance's there's, there's house? Fire trucks, there's fire trucks coming by my house right now. God bless. Andy, you know where I live. I mean, you guys both know where I live. Yeah, mm-hmm. the fire there's truck... Not that doesn't happen that often. <laughs> yeah. Right, but I, I need to make the comment. Todd's road is so wide... That the truck goes down the road, a fire truck. Think of a fire truck. Each tire is in a ditch. That's how wide this road is. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yes. It's we almost like he's on rails. But getting getting back getting back to that whole thing, I would rather captain my own yes little little rowboat. Because you can really, you can really showcase your talent with that stuff. You can, re- if you get it done in the, in that in those little boats like that, mm-hmm. especially when you're green into it and just getting started. You know, it's such a fire back then. Uh, oh, wasn't afraid of nothing. You can, you can get it done too. Oh, it, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. essentially, I'm still getting it done in that in that rig. It's just a bigger motor, yeah, and some more space. But I, I think back to those days, the day, the days that everybody kind of you, you you reach those things. You fish with a buddy. You're getting into it. You fish with your uncles. You fish with your pap. You fish, you know, and then that's pretty much the next step. Unless you hit it big and you just start out off with this giant boat, you know, you learn when you just say, well, I'm going out fishing on my own and I'm going to be my own captain. I'm just going to see what the hell happens. Yep. That's why I choose to do that. I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody has that, 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 that leap that they make, you know, you're fishing with somebody, you're catching fish. Now all of a sudden, you have to learn how to operate a boat and catch fish, too, while you're operating that boat. And that's pretty much the first step is saying, I'm going in this little junker, and I'm going to get yeah. it done. I'm going to learn. Well, That's what I would do. That's what I would choose. I'm the loser. I'm going to bum a ride with my buddy. <laughs> because essentially that's what I'm going to do. Starting this year, as I look at, oh. I look at the boats. I'm like, yeah, I could go in mine, with there's nothing wrong. I love my boat, or I could just throw my stuff in my truck, 
and go fishing with theirs. Like, not one time. I I know that I'm deviating from the script a little, but I, this is my thought process. If I if 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 let's just say one of you two say, Andy, you want to go fishing? The thought You're not going to be like the, the thoughts like whose boat are we going to take? There's, it's not going to come out of my mouth because one, I don't want to hear how politely your guys are going to try to say no. Uh, we'll take mine, but it's just going to be like, yeah, I'm not going to have the headache. And but that's probably stemming from the years of not fishing as much as I used to, to where. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to let someone else do the work while I'm back there not cursing at a motor or a graph or a dead battery or whatever could possibly go wrong. It's neat to go with somebody else, though. It is neat. Oh, my God. I mean, you're telling me. When when we would go fishing, like, in the Lund, Mm -hmm. just, like, stress... Free, God, so yeah. nice. and, <laughs> and, uh, and I feel the same way when I go with you. It's like, oh, just relaxing. Like, we like talking about where we're going or something. Yeah, it's like, yeah, let's just go do this. Yeah. That is that is like that is super comfortable. When essentially all is you might grab like a handful of baits and a rod and just mm. boom. Did I convince anyone go to the dark side with me? No. No. Yeah. Okay. No. Well, I tried. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sweet. I think we've covered that pretty well. All right. So, with that, I promised a few weeks back that we, to one listener who reached out, to do a boat setup. And it just was fitting that Todd and Vance are getting a new boats. And now is a good time, being that it's winter that I would do a lot of major overhauls with just my setups over the years. So winter projects, you know, the holidays are over. Yeah, we got some shows dotted here and there. But, I mean, it's a realistic three or four months before anything really good gets going, in my opinion, for the open water. So it's a really good time to think of setups. And I'm pretty much thinking, let's try to go comprehensive on this. Like, the whole boat, not just trolling setups. Um, mm-hmm. Do we want to start in front of the boat or the back of the boat? Let's start, start at the... Oh. Well, I, I think the most important thing is the motor, the big motor. So, I guess we could start at the transom up. Okay, we're going to start at the motor. Um most people buy a boat that's used and they don't have a whole lot of options there. Um, Some people buy new and for those that are buying new, we'll touch on that. But I think there's a little bit stuff that we can say about a used motor as well, or, you know, a a previously uh, owned because I have put different motors on used motors on used boats, switching them out. Vance, what do you look for in a motor? Reliability. Yeah, I just wanted to run. Get me there. Now, Vance, in all your years of experience, how can you tell a reliable motor from a non-reliable motor? Uh, one that runs and one that doesn't. One that turns on <laughs> when you turn the key. That's big. That's huge. 
but that has a lot to do with powering that motor. Uh, so, you know, first you, you you look at the brand. I go, what's the big three? Mercury's, Yamaha's, Hondas. I'd probably you know, you put got, like Evan Rude's in there over Honda. Evan, Evan, uh, Evan Rude's, yeah. Uh, you know, you got to pick a brand. I, you know, so picking a brand. I, I'm going to expand a little bit on this. So this goes. This is across the board here. Looking for a motor. Sometimes, what you think is the right motor may or may not. I mean, everything could be perfect, but if you can't get parts, or if there's not a reputable dealer around that could help you out, and that makes things tough. Are you guys walking outside? I'm not. Bob nope. Oh, okay. It sounds very windy. Um, so, like, I have... There, there was some stuff going on back when, oh gosh, Johnson Evinrude kind of went bankrupt. I don't know at all. I Forgive me if there's some experts out there. And Bombardier uh, essentially bought the company. And I want to think that there was something that went on when they overtook it. They said, we're not going to be like supplying parts to the old motors. So when they're gone, they're gone. Now, there's still an aftermarket um you know network out there that'll supply a lot of the cons- you know parts that are uh, commonly replaced but that's something to consider like i i went from an old johnson to a little bit newer johnson but i'm still in the same boat with the parts and now i'm not worried about it at all i i can always get something to replace it but there could be times you could take it to a dealer and they're going to be like yeah we don't even have the tools for this anymore Something mm-hmm. to look at there. It, if it's a motor, it can break. That's just that's the way it goes. Todd said it best when we were going down to PMTT. What was that? Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand fourteen. You know, like I was a little bit. And Todd pretty much just threw this blanket statement out there. He says anybody on this tournament couldn't have motor problems. It doesn't matter if your motor has one minute on it or ten thousand hours. So to other than just doing the basics, there's no point in, it, in worrying about it. So just let it be known that. But I guess while we're at it with the motors, now would be a great time. Put new plugs in it, you know, check this gap, check the, you know, the depending on how you store it, lower unit, look at your prop. If your prop's beat up, whatever. Maybe now's the time to get it repaired or replaced. And... Because believe it or not, I mean a beat up prop can can cause you know issues, performance issues. So part of boat setup is maintaining that stuff. I mean I hit logs all the time with my prop. Mm-hmm. I sometimes will take the prop off and fix little dings and whatever. It's not that big of a deal. But take the prop off. That's another big thing. I remember up at work. I had this guy bring, you know, he left his boat in the water all summer. He drops it out, you know, whatever day, and he lets it sit there for four months, and, you know, he runs it. Did this year after year after year. Finally, he's like, I'm going to do a water pump. He couldn't get the prop off. And we ended up taking an angle grinder with a cutoff wheel, and I had to cut the prop off of the shaft. It was corroded on there so bad. 
So just taking the prop on and off is a good thing because you don't want to be that guy. Yeah, well, I don't think I've done that yet. No. But, I mean, this, this, was, a, this was a boat that was sitting in the water. Yeah. Many years for many months a year. Mm-hmm. So... Let's make it let's let's make it a little bit more simple. Four stroke or two stroke on that back motor. Do you have a going key? with? If if you told me if you had a gun to my head right now and said you got one new brand new motor to pick, I'm going four stroke. Brand new. I am motor. too. Yeah. Todd. Yeah. I'm ready to I'm ready to take that jump. They start like a car. I don't think I could take a four-stroke to someone like you, Andy, and get it fixed real quick. There's, there's nothing I could do to it. No. Yes, that's the but difference. The old two-strokes, like people, any mechanic could look and say, here's the issue. Bang, yeah. bang, bang. You know, I found it. Yeah. The new four-strokes, you're on. You're relying on your computer <laughs> software. Yep. But they're they're like cars. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing you know, I can your, do. And your your ma- your maintenance, you know, the caps of it is basically fuel filter, lower unit, spark plugs, oil mm-hmm. change. Even that's those- all. I, that's all I did to my two stroke. However, <laughs> when it when it when it falls, if it does. Mm. You're kind of shit out of luck there, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's all it's all computer, uh, computer driven stuff. So, but I still I like the four strokes. Quiet, fuel efficient. They've lighter. come a long way. Yeah, they're all they're constantly competing with that fuel efficiency, being light. Uh, they never were like light trucks. to begin they're, with. They're, they're like trucks almost, you know. Fuel efficiency, mm-hmm. gas mileage. That's that's their big sell on that stuff. Yeah. The the, the now I'm not going to go too deep into this, but the direct inject two strokes, some of them get better gas mileage than the four strokes. Um, but it's it's still it's you know you're dealing with compressors and you know running right on the ragged edge of is there enough oil or not enough oil? You, mm-hmm. you get one of them like. You know, it doesn't take much. There's no, there's no oil in the crankcase other than what it's getting spit in with. You know, the mixing of the oil or you know a, a direct inject um, mm-hmm. motor. But um, yeah, I'm I'm picking a four-stroke. I have a two-stroke. I like it. It was a power ranking, I believe. I did the two-stroke sound. Oh yeah, the smell, the smell, the smell. The smell too, yeah. I I really like that. But I will say, when I was on Erie last year and trolling at two miles an hour, and with the right wind, it was not as pleasant after a few minutes, let alone hours, <laughs> living with the, the premix. Yeah. So. Yeah. As Vance stated earlier, you're looking at these big motors. Vance said something about a truck. Yeah. You're looking at these big ones, two, 200 and over. You're looking at the same price of a truck. Yeah, that's true. Pretty much. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but but you can keep it simple. You can get it done with those little ones too. 
that's the next thing is um, there's nothing wrong with the two-stroke motors they're making now. You know, they're probably just as reliable. But if you have a kicker, that can then change. If you like the, the two-stroke sound and, you mm -hmm. know, the... I don't want to say they're less complicated anymore because they're not just a, you know, a carburetor with some premix in it. It's you know, there's some stuff going on with the new two strokes to meet emission law. So, yeah. But having a nice little kicker there, that's that's helpful. I know that if you held that gun to my head again and said, Andy, you need a new motor, I'm putting. I already know which motor I'd want on my boat right now, and I would eliminate the kicker. Because I have no problem racking up not that many hours a year on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, right. and, and it's also, you know, you got to look at some stuff. You know, if you have a 350 horse engine on the back of your boat, do you want to troll with it day in and day out? Is it going to hurt it? Probably not, but it doesn't make you feel good. You know, you think, you know, it's kind of like what they say with it with a heart. There's only so many beats it can do before it wears out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it? but that's all. It, that's all, like, just pumped in from word of mouth. Oh, yeah, there's a lot opinion. of fallacies and, and stuff that, that go around word of mouth, like, without a doubt. You know, it's just like, you can't put that on that big motor. You can't. Why? You can't. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> you can't. And you're just like, uh... Sweet. Well, I'm just going to try it, and we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Right. I get it. I mean, it's... Yep. That, I'm, uh, of course. Miles on a truck, it's like, yeah, it's time for this thing to go. Miles on life, miles on motors. It's just like, yeah, okay. I, I, I get it. It's older. and it's, it's been through rough years. But, you know, I think they're making those motors to, to run. You know, they're making them to be used. The the not big, so, not so babied. The the big companies, if they made motors that couldn't run, they would have a very hard time selling them. Right, mm -hmm. and that's with every brand. <laughs> it comes back to also what you're. What are you looking for? You're looking at top end speed. Like I have a friend that does bass tournaments, and I told him what I was getting. He's like, I can't believe you're going to do 150 you only do 45 maybe 48 miles an hour like yeah it's a rarity we do that on chautauqua yes but he he's 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 about you know he, he he's got a different vision you know he's like well that's not fast enough fast enough for what i'm fishing today i'm not racing I'm not racing to the drop shot location or the uh, yes. the, the buzz bait bite real yes. quick. So that's that's that that's the difference that falls in here, you know. Uh, the bass guys and a lot of them guys they fall into the speed boat. You know, they want to go. Well, you know, my boat does seventy two and your boat does sixty eight, so my boat's better. Well, what if it's windy? <laughs> Neither yeah. of you are going to be doing that at speed. Mm -hmm. So I look at it as I'm going fishing for the day. I want something efficient. Or if you're in that big water and you do, uh, all of a sudden, swells kick up. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be doing top end speed. You're going to want something that 
has enough power to get you out of the hole and up over the wave. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I, I think those motors are, are going to do that. You know, yeah. you touch any of those things, like on your rig, like a musky rig that's going to be, say, a 16-foot aluminum all the way up to a 21-foot fiberglass or 21-foot aluminum, you know, mm-hmm. if you crush the throttle, you're going to get up. You know, it's going to push yeah. those boats. Yeah. <laughs> you're up all of a sudden uh, over the wave. So, you know, I think it's just as if, if you have enough, you know, in musky fishing, rather than top end speed, if you have enough to get up out of the hole, yes, you know, you're and, just... And, and, and a boat gets you out on the water. I mean, whether you're in a 12-foot, 14-foot, even if you don't even have a motor. You're just using trolling motor power. It's still going to get you out there in the water. Now, the the lower end of the spectrum makes you pay attention to the weather more. Mm-hmm. What's today going to be like? Yeah, like I used to go to Chautauqua Lake, and my grandpa would take me across the lake like once a week. We stayed on our own little home shoreline. It's two miles across. Canada the same way you know like we would fish around home it's like okay tomorrow the weather looks good we are going to go across the lake which now in my new rig takes me like three minutes to go across the lake but back then we still did it you just watch the weather pay attention to that and you can still get out there and do the thing we caught fish on both sides of the lake Mm -hmm. So any little boat can get you out there. So that's like the least, to me, this is the least important part. The more important part is being able to run your trolling motor, the, the, the rod holder set up, you know, the, the way you're going to line up your drifts. That's the more important part of uh, the boat setup than what kind of power you got. Okay, but I still think that it's power out of the hole over top end speed, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Get you up, get you up on plane, whatever it takes to get you up on plane, and you guess or get up over the wave. All that top end speed is nothing but wasting gas and being silly, and, mm-hmm. and just have, mm-hmm. having fun, just knowing that you can you can do it. But yeah in a much more real and serious sense in safety sense get up out of the hole uh, get up over the way that's that's important to plane out with however many people you have on your boat mm-hmm. safety first yeah and those small ones I mean you gotta I mean you're not gonna be running from one end of the lake to the other it's 18 miles long mm-hmm. you know where we're fishing and you, you know it's just that that's not an option for you you didn't choose to do that <laughs> You have a little boat, you're going to launch near where you're going to be fishing. And it's the way I have to fish when I go to like Pima Tuning. Mm-hmm. Launch where you're going to fish because you can't run from one end to the other. It's going to take you all day. As far as just getting out there fishing, that's, I think, the big motors. Can you do it? Yeah, you can do it with anything. Now, the boat setup. 
Yeah, let's move forward a little bit. Yeah, let's go. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna not jump to the gunnels immediately, but I'm gonna go into like a rear casting platform. Mm-hmm. Is it necessary? Nope, it's not. Um, because there's a lot of lot of ways that people can um, cast out of a boat. Some will cast on the floor. Some will stand on bench seats. Some will want to, you know, all go in the front of the boat. Uh, for me, I've always been, even out of my 14-foot boat, trying to build a nice rear deck. And if there isn't one in your boat, it's not that hard to make one. And that that's something that you can look at, and it's just a little project. And, you know, you can get a sheet out of, you know, a sheet of three-quarter plywood. Uh, do not get treated plywood if you're going to do this. Just get regular. It's slippy. It, the, uh, the chemicals used to make it not rot react with the aluminum and actually eat it away. <laughs> That's, you know, you yeah. if, if look up the stories of people that, you know, you don't have to buy marine plywood. You don't. Um, you really don't. That's, that's a thing. Callback. But anyways. Um, they will then put pressure-treated plywood in their transoms, thinking that they saved a little bit of money. When they come and find in a year or two that the transom's aluminum looks like Swiss cheese because mm-hmm. it has eaten through it. Don't do it. Instead, just get some exterior-grade you know, plywood and put some nice seal on it. Put a nice, big, thick, heavy coat. You can even paint it a million times should you wish. Something. It's a boat. It's going to get wet. If that deck rots out in a couple years, build another one. It's not It's not the end of the world. Um, it, it's, it's very basic. You know what you need to do. Just add clips if you need to add clips, a hinge, whatever. But for me, I don't like to have a cluttered front, you know, a bow casting platform with two people. So I like a guy in the back. So, if that's a style of fishing you want to do, make the boat work for you. Is there anything else you guys want to add to that? I like a rear casting deck. I mean, especially with what I'm doing, and even if it's just a onesie twosie out there, I mean, it's perfect to put somebody up front and somebody out the back, you know. And anybody that you know can can handle a rod and reel. I know that when I'm casting out of a boat, you get all that boat. You know, I got a big 18-foot rig. I got a 20-foot rig, whatever it is. I'm, like, using, essentially, a shoulder width. Yeah. When I'm casting. It's not like I'm, like, Happy Gilmore casting when I start at, like, the starboard side and end at the port. And he, oh, it's just, I'm standing there, you know. That went a lot into what we were looking at when we were looking at boats, man. I mean... I see these giant front platforms, and it's like, well, <laughs> I'm going to be in the front, and someone else is going to be in the back. Yeah. I don't, I don't move. I'm standing in my little zone fishing. Yeah. I'm not holding a square dance up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so I, wanna, you- I, I, I would rather have some cockpit room and stuff like that to move around in. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I, I I agree with that. I agree with what you guys are saying, but have you ever fished out of a like the bow of a boat casting that had a humongous platform? 
Mm-hmm. It is very comfortable. I mean, I would say that, you know, the boat that I currently own is has a giant front casting platform. It does. You know, when I'm trolling, I have the entire charter up there. There's three, three, four people up there. And when I'm testing up there, I'm tucked in as close as I could be to the trolling motor. Yeah. And as close as I am to the gunnel that goes all the way up there. I don't, I mean, in a back cast, yeah, I mean, that's nice. And, you know, if you get a slip up, you got a lot, you know, you got the dance floor to to recover. I don't feel, I don't feel like I can fish any more efficiently out of one of those giant front platforms that I could standing in front of a, 14-foot aluminum. Just give me a little nook. Yeah, and I'm... Yeah. Because, because you're standing there. Because you... I, I don't That's move all much. You know, I don't move much. It's nice to know there's a lot of space up there. Uh, but, you know, if you put two people up there, you're still back-to-back. And those people aren't moving much. You know, I don't know. I don't think it has to be that giant up front. Doesn't have to be, but also standing on a little itty bitty thing sucks too. I, I mean, I I can see that you know, like going back to like the fourteen foot aluminum or something like that, when it's just like three bench seats and that third one's like all the way up there. Yeah, that's that's a little a little shaky, but you know, from like an eight foot front casting platform. I, to like a four foot, you know, say like you know Todd Todd's in in his right now. Uh, it's not that big of a front casting platform, um, but you could still put two people up there. I like to have a platform where I can take a step or two, not like a marching mm-hmm. step. Something that you know you can shift your weight, move move. Have a little bit of mobility, so mm-hmm. but more or less it's going to come down to how big is your boat, and you can build the front. I'm going to just we'll we'll incorporate the front. We're skipping a lot. Um, you you can build the front deck very easily, so use what you can afford. But just knowing that to make the whole boat a, a giant platform tends to be a waste, and. Mm-hmm. But also making it to where it's like you're standing on a bar stool, that's no fun because your legs are going to get tired just standing there. So, those that's our advice. That's what I found because I've built a lot of platforms for a lot of boats, mm-hmm. and uh, something to look forward to if you're setting up a boat, especially if you just buy a shell. I wish there was a good market for like finished tin boats, like. 14 foot, 12 foot, you know, the, the car toppers, because I have a blast building and just finishing them out real nice. Mm-hmm. The unfortunate thing is I would lose so much money on every one of them because you could just go out and buy a much better boat. No, no it's like, you know, looking, looking at those 14 foot aluminums with the three bench seats. I'm sure everybody knows, mm-hmm. seen those before. 
you're, you don't have a front casting platform. So you ply wood off that front and you ply wood off that, that back. All of a sudden you have like a connecting casting platform that goes all the way up to the bow. Those inches matter. That's a lot. Rather than stepping down off the bench into, you know, the shape of the boat where essentially, you know, maybe you're, uh, your anchor sits or something like that. Being able to like step all the way around the bow, yeah, that's that's important, you know. But I I don't see like a big difference from like a four foot mm-hmm. front casting platform to an eight foot because essentially people are side to side or back to back up there. Uh, so I think you can can get it done, you know. Yeah, and it's and it, it, every boat is different, every person's different. So tailor yeah. it to the way that's going to fit you best. Yeah, and I'm going to probably say this many times. I change setups fairly often when I when I had those other boats, just complete overhauls. This was good this year, but I think I can improve it by doing this. So, I mean. Even Todd, remember you saying, "Yeah, like it it evolves. It, it is fluid. A boat yep, setup. Yep, yep. Okay, so that's enough about casting platforms. Um, let's talk about rod holders. Many options, but really, what it boils down to, and all three of us agree, is just having a good system that works for you." And how about you guys explain the system? I don't care who, who whoever talks. Downrod, outrod, planers. Todd, take it away. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we dealt with the rails for a long time. That's what I used for umpteen years. It was nice. I'm used to being able to tip those rods up and down. That's the big thing. When I get in a boat that I can't do that, I'm I'm virtually lost because i grab that handle all the time and try to do that uh but man the way we clean these boats up with that track system i mean you can get a track there's half a dozen of them out there everything's interchangeable you can strip it down when you get back to casting and everything is off the side of that boat the way it cleans it up is incredible you know uh we talked with people this last weekend at chicago about uh you know, oh, I don't want to put holes in the boat, this and that, and you know, I there's you can you can cover a lot of holes with that track. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, is it a fishing boat, or you're are you worried about putting a hole in it? If it's a fishing boat, you just put the hole in it. You put the track on there; it never has to come off. Uh, but it, it's able to cl- you know it cleans it up. We probably cast more than we troll, Vance and I, mm-hmm. on our trips. But uh, when it is time to troll, guys like hearing the, uh, actually, I mean, I've had many people comment, like, okay, let's troll. And I'm set up by the time they turned around and got lunch ready. Mm-hmm. And we're trolling. Yeah. Slide them in and out and do that. I mean, that track is the way to go. If you ask me right now, really, really important things, things that you can break down fast, mm-hmm. things that are not in a permanent or fixed position. 
is is the way you want to do musky trolling. Not something that's permanently mounted, a rod holder that's permanently yeah. mounted. You want to be able to take those things in and out so quickly, effortless, effortlessly. Um, and you want whatever you put in that track system or on your rail to be able to move on the fly. Yep. That is so important. And that's I mean, the big thing is, is, is thinking about what what's your plan. What, what are you going to be doing? Are you going to be doing both casting and trolling? Are you just a troller? Are you just a caster? That's where it gets a little bit. I don't know why anybody would be one or the other. I think it's crazy to say I just cast or I just troll. Yeah. I think that's crazy. But some people are that way. You know, if you're just a troller, eh, go for it. If you're just a caster, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. But you're missing out. I don't think you're a true musky fisherman if you do one or the other. <laughs> I mean, you don't, you're not getting the whole, you're not into the whole sport. That goes back to the excuse to just say you don't want to do it or learn it. Mm -hmm. Controlling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, you're essentially building a hybrid boat here. You should be casting, you should be trolling. Yeah, if you're, not, you're missing out. Yeah. I'll, I'll go ahead and break down some of the options on rod holders. So, you can have... I will, too. I'll say it right now. Fat AZ, you're bust. Right there. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> he, he wrapped it up. I had... I, I've had many different styles of rod holders. And... You know, some of the ones that you can have, depending on your boat's gunnel, there's just so many variations out there. But you can have the clamp-on, like the S10s. Those work. Those come on and off fairly easy. You do kind of have to watch them because mm -hmm. they're not foolproof. You know, you might have to maybe mount a board or some angle iron or something on there, modify to get those on and off. Um, then you can go... You have to retighten them too. I remember having to do that all the time with, with boat vibration and stuff. Correct. So just you, you know, it's something you got to pay attention to. But they're relatively inexpensive, and you can clamp them on many things. Um, then you also have like the flush mounts, rod holders. You know, like some of them that come to mind are like Atwoods and Scotties, the ones that have like a star shape. Um, mandrel like coming out the bottom and you can put them in this like adapter you put them in and you spin them 180 then you you seat them the rest of the way um you can change the angle um you know the the cool thing is you can take them in and out real quick but you have something on your boat mounted and i actually had a bunch of they were cabela's brand but they were like oh what were they they might have been like a scotties or something they were the it was my big Crestliner for Erie, and I put, gosh, what did I have? I had like six on each side or something like that, or ten total, five on each side. But they were the flush mount ones, and they, they the boat would have been absolutely perfect to put track on. But I, I didn't know what track was back then, so I had those, and but that was my fishing boat. So it was, it was a nice setup at the time, but it was also just trying to catch some walleye, not muskies. Um, would those rod holders have held up? I would have hoped so, but I, I don't know. 
Um, so that's another one. You can mount the rod holders just with, with mounts that they have. Uh, then you can go to like a rail system. And rail and track are interchanged quite often. But like when I talk to people about setups, I have I, they. I'm not trying to be condescending, but I have to be clear on what we're talking about because they're very different. So, like the rails, they are like round tubes, like rails, uh, rails, like Ranger rails. made them and rails. Ranger made them popular. Everyone calls them Ranger style rails. <clears throat> and there are rod holders that can clamp onto them. Uh, Cisco makes a really nice mount that can clamp onto them, and then you can mount track on top of them. Looks a little silly, but if you want track, you can do it that way. Some people are just not ready to, um, you know, go ahead and put more holes in their in their boats uh, unnecessarily, like with taking off rails to. Uh, put on track so with that then you can go to the track system and a lot of boats now are offering a track that's already built into the gunnel which um, tend to not be the best for musky fishing but a lot of aftermarket companies are coming out with some very nice adapters that they can then mount rod holders right to them or track on top of them um Again, those are options. It does tend to get expensive doing it that way, but that's really a good way of going if, if you feel as though you're going to continue to fish and this is an investment that you're going to put some money into. Um, then the last is if your gunnels, if you're fortunate enough to have big wide gunnels, you know, over three and a half inches, you can just bolt the track, screw the track down, um, and you can just mount it direct. Then at that point... You can slide the, you know, you get your rod holders that slide in and out of the track. The track is essentially like a T-slot system where you, you, you put the uh, the rod holder that's on a plate and you slide it into this groove and uh, you, can, you can slide it anywhere you want and lock it in place with a, essentially a thumb screw of sorts. And if you want to move a rod... You know, if I let's just say instead of running six rods one day, you're going to run four. And you can just reposition rods very quickly and conveniently. So the beauty about that is even if you have a custom fit cover, you don't necessarily have to get it altered if you put a track on because it's only three quarters of an inch high. Most covers will not even be affected by it. Whereas if you had a bolted down rod holder, there's going to do some kind of reinforcement, some kind of yeah. You got to make an you get, you got to make an adjustment there. Yeah. Yep. So that's the that's the quick rundown there. All of us have track systems. They're becoming they're gaining a lot of popularity. Um, but you also need to look at what are you going to be doing? Are you going to be trolling five percent of the time? And, you know, casting 95? Or is it going to be 50-50? Or is it going to be 90-10? Either way, you're going. Because rod holders and the systems get expensive very quickly. And expensive, and I'm coming from my perspective. It's something I would invest in. Some people would be like, oh, that's nothing. 
fill her up. Other people are like, you know what, that's going to take me about a year to save for. Look at your budget. Look at what you want to do and just make a really good choice. And I've talked to, I, I'm going to probably say over the years, thousands of people about setting up their boats. And like I said earlier in this show, if you want an opinion, my opinions are free. So hit me up. Then uh, pretty much like Vance was talking, the rods when, when, when we were running, he said down rod, out rod, and board rod. And how those are how those are staggered are the down rod is the one closest to the big motor. Furthest back to the transom. And that rod is just as it sounds. It goes down in the water. And what that does is it moves you you always kind of want to envision the bait is going to be behind the tip of the rod. So when the rod is straight down in the water, essentially it's following the line of the gunnel, and that's where that bait is, as if you were like a bird looking down. The next rod is the out rod, and with the out rod, the tip might be in the water a little bit, but you're probably, even with an 8-foot rod, going to have a 6-foot separation between those two rod tips. And generally you're not running the same, you know, harder pulling bait i tend to put harder pulling baits in the down rod and i'll have like more of a medium pulling bait on an out rod and with that you'll you'll put out some extra line so you have a stagger of several feet between the tips horizontally but then also when you go back behind the boat there's enough separation there that things tend not to get tangled too often um, and then a board rod is just essentially that. You put a planer board on it, a generally an inline planer board. Is there a, a have you guys figured out a board that you guys really like? I mean, not really. I, mean, yeah. I, I like running the big boards. I like running the little. They're all, they're, they're, they're <laughs> super. They're, they're, any type of board fishing is a super pain in the butt uh, for where from where we fish. On our lake, um, but you know, it's just another thing to keep an eye on, and it's just another, you know, essentially you just got to think of it the way that I think of it is is uh, just an extension of the boat, um, and it's it's just something that is keeping it is spreading out from the down rod and the out rod. And it's just an extension of the boat. Boom! You kick something out there. Uh, obviously, you can't run a giant. Uh, eight inch Wiley on a small planer board, or on on on, on a little inline board, on yeah. a little inline yeah. board, you know. Um, it's hard to run them on the big boards too; it pulls pretty hard. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> just speed. we use we use a little, you know. The shad baits are popular. We put a little shad bait out out there and and, and kick them out, but um, you know, and you can you, you know. You, you you can run a giant mast uh, that way, of course, while still incorporating the down rod and an and, and an out rod, which are uh, classified as as your boat rods, and then you have your board lines. But um, the down rod, it, it's it's nice to uh, you know be able to with with what is is designed with with the our angled rod holder um 
you know, sometimes I would see there, there there's a lot of, you know, sometimes I would see rod holders mounted, boom, right next to the motor, shooting straight out for that prop wash. Prop wash is, is big uh, in the industry. You know, your prop wash trolling bait. Um, with that down rod, if uh, if you if you play it right, you can you can get that down rod into that wash uh, mm. very effectively uh, you, if, if, if you jam it down in there. Also, cl- clearing up your back your back uh, casting platform or what have you back there. Um, you know, sometimes I see a lot of a lot of a lot of rods that are coming off of a port side or a, a starboard side uh, gunnel and that rod is straight back or pointing like straight at that motor and that, that baits right in that wash. But with a down rod uh, and that is that is angled correctly, you could still hit that prop wash uh, with the ability for it to not be in a, in, in a fixed position to move it on the fly and, and, and tip it uh, extremely. Which is which is really neat about that. You get like really into the trolling thing. You know, you just want a clean and crisp setup. Something that is is easy to break down and easy to move on the fly. It just it makes makes your fishing so much easier. The down rod is the big fish rod. The down rod is a big fish rod. It is a big fish rod. Yeah. Which is, is near that prop wash. Yes. Yep. No doubt about it. Uh, I I will go take it a step further, in that, I think sometimes people, and and it, it's not incorrect, but like when I was trying to paint the picture of where your rod tip is, and where like the, how the line is going to come off and where your bait is if you were a bird looking down. I, I, I've seen a lot of people talk about how they want to put a rod straight off the back of the transom, like pointing back mm-hmm. for, for a prop washer or, or what have you, a down rod. If you actually think about where that rod tip is and then if you can envision where the rod tip is on the down rod like we've been talking about, it's, it's, it's within inches of the same. Especially mm-hmm. when you're turning and stuff, yeah. I, I would absolutely would rather have the rod loaded up with the bait pulling it on the side of the gunnel than just a reel that can mm-hmm. that that it's the drag holding. Yes. It, because if you just had like the drag set at whatever pounds and you grab the line and pull, that's going to be easier than. If you had to go through, uh, I don't know, eight or ten eyelets and having a rod bend. I'd rather have the rod sit there and take up some of the shock than you having to have the drag a little bit tighter to keep the bait from clicking out line. It's just everything is on the reel at that point. Yep. The rod is there for a reason. It's a shock absorber, especially with this super braid. So when when I hear people talk about that's what they want to do... I don't tell them that, you know, this, you know, your way is wrong. I don't say that. I say essentially the way I described it. But, you know, think about this. You're gaining the shock from the rod. Plus, you're going to be able to get the bait deeper with less line. 
you, you have a little bit of more playing. Plus, it's really nice to be able to get to the rods. Any rod holder that's tippable. Coming up on, you know, shallow, you know, oh, crap, we hit some weeds. You can tip the rods up and get the baits real shallow. It's not going to be the saving grace every time. But it's going to be really nice when it works to where you missed that that shoal that you didn't know of or you yeah. didn't pay attention, you came up too shallow or the weeds. And like yeah. Todd said before, they get strikes. They, they tend to want to, here comes this weed point, get ready. And, you know, you, you pick up the rod tips by pushing the rod butts down. The baits climb up. You get over. Okay, guys, we're over it. You lower it, and the baits go swim right back down over it. With a really engaged trolling setup and people that know what they're doing, you can perfect that. And that will yes. absolutely be more efficient than just someone eating a bologna sandwich, drinking a Diet yep. Coke. I look at those down rods as my prop. Like I, I've had many people say, I can't believe you're not running one right in the prop. It is. And I, I look there, and there's my motor running, and I got two of them. I said, we got two in the prop right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, both the down rods are. Because when I turn over this way, that one's going in, that one's going in. Mm -hmm. And they are. You know, they're usually shorter, a little deeper. They're right down below the prop. And, man, that's yeah, a big fish rod. <laughs> yeah, and you, you you can you can see with with an extreme angled tip, which is uh, doable with mm -hmm. with a, with, a, with a typical uh, rod holder and uh, length of a rod. I mean, I I know that I've made I've, right in there. Yeah, I've 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 watched those rods go absolutely berserk and yeah. get get hits yeah. because they're right in, right in that wash. So, and it it, it cleans it up. Mm -hmm. I, I used to I used to just throw one right off the back and try and hold it there when I first started. I used to have rod holders right off of my transom, and I was like, "These are in the way a little bit." It gets you know, in the way I a little just, bit. Yeah, I can spend it and get something on one of the other rods. Mm -hmm. I still I I I don't think I threw any out this year, but I had a tendency to keep throwing. You know, I have one that I could run right behind, so I could run seven or eight or whatever mm -hmm. when I had enough people in the boat. And uh, I just found that, uh, yeah, I mean, we got the occasional fish on it, but so many times, I, you know, that rod was just, it was definitely in the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess, like, like Todd just hit a really good point. So if you're running, like, the six-rod spread like we described, and you have room to put one like straight out like a shoot rod, you would almost mm -hmm. call it on the Great Lakes, but run it really short, that's a, that's an easy way to put another line in the water. Just let it be known. Someone has to be on point to get that yes. rod out of the way if it doesn't get hit. If it doesn't get hit, that's right. Like right because right I'm now. bringing everything right over top of that, and I've forgotten it many times. <laughs> Yes. I used to put, like, I, I did it for a while. I did wire line on there, and I would have a, you know, a deep diver, short line. But, man, you got to remember to grab that. you got to grab that before you grab the fish rod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're doing it with, like, wire line and stuff. Yeah. I because mean, it'll even be if a it's, mess. <laughs> I don't care if it's, you know, Dacron. It, it, yeah. You've got to get that <laughs> rod in. Yes. Unless you're really yeah. good at keeping it on the one side of the boat, but I yeah. guess even that it, it it 
All it takes. That's is- where it's all coming done. That fish is coming up the back of the boat when you're trolling. It's going to come up through there at one point or another. <laughs> you got to remember that rod. So yeah. Anyways, I I think that we covered rod holders well enough. If there's any questions, reach out to us. I'll be happy to talk and and clarify anything. I tried to explain. It's hard as to best talk about. It's hard. It's hard to talk about without seeing it. Oh God! Right? Is it? You ever? know what I mean? I mean, yeah. It is. I mean, it, it's hard it was to a, explain what we're doing. It was a huge slap in the face when I got really into trolling. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's especially when I when I started with fixed position stuff. Uh, you know, yeah. I, anything that could have went yeah. wrong went wrong with it. Yep. And uh, you know, just the really hard to see. Check out some of our videos. You know, we have them on the. Uh, the AZ Facebook page. On the AZ Facebook, you'll be able to find some videos of everything that we do. Yeah, that's that's the way to see it. We, we can talk about it forever, but until you actually see it or go, I've had guys jump on board all the time. I'm sure Vance has too. They're like, ah, that's incredible. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's really not incredible. It's just, it's a fine-tuned system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like trying to explain right the game of baseball. It's, <laughs> yeah, without actually. With, I mean, yeah. you can explain yeah. it to- as much as you want, but until yeah. someone actually sees it and then plays it, it's going to be like, oh, I get it now. Yes, and I'm that type of person. I'm the type of person that's like, okay, I'm going to get all this new stuff. I can read about it, and I don't know whether I'll be able to figure it out, but someone show me one time, and I'll be able to figure it out. <laughs> Absolutely. So, from there, I mean, um, you got, you know, it's really just what the boat is. You know, if you have a walkthrough, a side console, dual console, you know, you could go even tiller. Um Something I, I do enjoy having is if you have a kicker, it's nice to have controls up at your console if you have a console. I like to have the kicker uh, also connected to the steering. That's a big thing as of late that I've noticed is a lot of those bigger, I'm going to say more multi-species boats, not necessarily Great Lakes boats, are still going with like a just a plain Jane tiller on the back. You know, you, you, you're running a lot of stuff out the back, and you're just, you know, adjusting yep. the throttle and steering with it. I'm I, I'm still old school. I want to sit in that chair, and I want to drive it like a boat. I don't I, I don't see how you can do it efficiently. To musky fish. Yeah, to musky with fish, the, it's, it's very with the speed With the speed we're trying to do, there, I, I don't, I don't. With the adjustments. Yes. I don't feel it can be done efficiently. Unless you're just standing back there running it. Yeah. And then you have dropped your whole steering steering column and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know there's there I don't think it'd be done the right way. So and uh you know that that's just that that's great like stuff no doubt with yeah the, with the tiller the the big big water yes. big water stuff I and mean, we had we had people trying to talk to us about boats 
this is all you need is you need this and you yeah. don't need this steering and it was like no i do That's you don't like, don't talk to me about that yeah. I do, i'm not going two miles an hour or one mile an hour yeah <laughs> yeah it is it is constantly yeah. you can't do it I mean, no you way get, i can you do get it. it you get into the trolling i mean it is at least the way that todd and i do it we're hitting the spot we will turn football fields we will go 100 yeah. yards and yeah. make a 25 yard turn keep the spread yes. clean and go right back through the damn thing yeah and yeah. The, and then all the, we're with the waves and we're against the waves yeah boom, 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 like boom, you boom, said boom. i mean you know, you know great lakes things running an eight mile run okay that's not the way i'm fishing now, i don't think that's the way most people are doing any musky fishing Mm-mm. no maybe on St. Clair, they're just making big runs. But, uh, but the guys that but hands, the guys that turn around and go back through are the guys that catch more fish on lakes yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Anything you know. that makes you more hands on and being able to adjust on the fly in in targeting just muskies is to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Whether it's having a second throttle and you being able to drop the damn kicker real quick right next to you with that big motor and spin that wheel. Not having to go back and adjust things back at the at the transom, mm-hmm. that's huge. That's huge. Yeah. You guys want to talk about graphs? I mean, we're we're, we're going to sound like dinosaurs if we do, but you know, I'm a big sonar yeah. and GPS guy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's. I like <laughs> to have the toys. I play with the toys. Really, a G, a good GPS. I like color units. Good GPS and a good sonar. I mean, it doesn't have to be crazy. It doesn't need down imaging. I have down imaging. I think it's fun to play with. But really, just knowing how deep and where the weeds are and where you're at on a lake with the GPS is all you yep. need. Um, yeah. yeah toys, my, my, so, my side imaging stuff, and I mean, it's just fun to look at. It's I fun. I saw sailboats, and even, even on the, like the Canadian Shield lakes big water i'm just still like mm. it could show you something new on a new lake like oh there's weeds over there i didn't know there were weeds over there that's the only that's the advantage the little 99 dollar units will show you the fish nowadays i have one in the front of my boat right now it shows you the it'll weeds. show the fish and the weeds better than the big as good as mm-hmm. as good it's the same it's the same picture mm-hmm. <laughs> It's very, very ninety nine. I think when when you're picking graphs, though, it's very important to have one shoot not the back and one shoot not the front. It's amazing to see how much 12, 14, 16, 18, 20 foot of difference is from mm-hmm. the transom to the front. I think they should both read, you know, one out the transom, one out the front. That's that's very important. And it sounds stupid and it's little, but anybody that's trying to set up a boat. You know, I've had people tell me they would never not have the side imaging or never not have this. Man, I mean, almost—it's almost—it's almost, it, it's almost, a, it's almost uh, not an well, option it, anymore. It, it, it's not exactly. It's you know, standard it's like, equipment. Okay. Yeah, it's standard yeah, equipment. Yeah, 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 yeah. To, to keep up with the Joneses and the companies that are selling them. Mm-hmm. Right now, you you can't find a nine inch screen almost that doesn't have like a like, yeah I, I want the nine inch screen that looks big and pretty and 
my eyesight's terrible now, but uh, it just have sonar and GPS on it, and they're just like, yeah, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> yeah, so with that, I mean, you don't need the biggest of biggest screens. I've got away many years with a 5-inch screen. I really think a 7-inch screen is a great compromise. It's cool to have a big, giant TV screen there. Um, it isn't doing anything different than a 5-inch screen Mm-mm. of the same model. Um, so with that, get what your budget can allow. But there, if your budget allows a 9-inch screen, look at a 7-inch screen. You, it'll save you money. And if, if yeah. you really feel that it's justifiable, by all means, go for it. I mean, I see a lot of boats with 4 and 5, 10 and 12-inch screens, whatever. That, that's fine. Um, more musky fish. The same image. Yes. I feel like with all those split screens, you know, if, if you're going to try to split everything, yeah, if you're going to try to if split I had, if side, I had, yeah, graph, and all that, yeah. If I had an option, say I only had like two, two splits I could use and there was a down imaging option, side imaging, sonar and GPS. I'm picking sonar and GPS over all those all the time. And even if yeah. I could split it four ways, which I can, I'm concentrating on the sonar and the GPS. Right. Yeah. And the <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm much I'm much more successful with the sonar and the GPS than if I would spot something. I've been much more successful looking at that than if I would spot something on that side imaging and try and go on a chase for it and be like, they're over there. I'm going to go over there. I've taken a lot of, a lot of more lumps than a lot of more, you know, fish in the net. Mm-hmm. I've relied on that, on that, on that sonar uh, a lot more than, yeah. than, than the side, yeah. the side But I mean, it's, it's, it's like specific stuff. I mean, God, I know where I'm going on the lake <laughs> I'm fishing, you know, Generally, people are yeah are fishing on places that they they know. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. oh, there's yeah. weeds over there. Well, yeah, I know there's weeds going to be over there. I'm freaking yes. twenty feet from the damn shore. That's the only, out here. That, you know, that's the place where I could see that. You know, if you're learning a lake or something, I can see where that side imaging could help you yeah. out majorly. Like learning the system. Uh, it was really neat to look at Andy's when I went with him the first time I ever saw that down in imaging side imaging and Andy's like, Oh look, there's a tire. It's like oh that's shots. neat. <laughs> yeah, that's the cool. only screenshots we've ever sent. The there's like a like, boat. I found a boat. And it's like look that's really boat. cool. Yeah, look, yeah. look at these big anchored things where where they have <laughs> mooring buoys. And yeah. you can see the yeah. rope or chain really whatever cool. connects to it. It, but I knew it was there because I saw the buoy. <laughs> right. Um, and we're musky fishing. I don't care if it's a tire. We're not structure fishing. So, Yeah. So I guess almost like something I was thinking about just now was, would you guys, oh, man, this, we, could, we could go on a, if you had to choose with this. I'm going to hold on to it. Never mind. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry. Oh, um, let down. No, it's not a let down. It's to That's look good. forward. Um, so yeah, with the screens, that's, that's kind of what we're looking at there. Uh, let's work our way up forward. We already talked about the casting deck. We talked about the screen. I like having one up front. We just did that trolling motors, bow mount trolling motors. 
I my recommendation is get an appropriate pound thrust for your boat and if you can get autopilot I don't I have iPilot I've never used it for anything more than the occasional anchor which I could could take it or leave it but the autopilot has saved me a lot of grief every time that motors down autopilots on and for those who don't know what autopilot is uh, let's start out with this so you have an electric steel steer trolling motor and I think Minkota has now like a cable but it can also be overrun by electric but let's just go with an electric steer like a power drive a Tarova there's the Altera but more or less the, the trolling motor is steered with a motor it's electric okay, woogie, woogie. <laughs> that was quick <laughs> okay it's um when i deploy mine there's always like a constant on feature so you do the constant on and let's just say that motor was tipped on a 10 degree angle from perfectly straight in front of the boat if you just let that motor run, essentially you'd eventually do a big giant circle. When I in turn on autopilot and go, it will... That is extremely distracting, whoever's doing that. It's someone's brewing coffee. Okay. I'm pouring a drink. Okay. <laughs> um, so w when you hit go... That motor senses, whether it throws out GPS points or what have you, it's going to say it wants to go this way on this bearing. And say it'll auto-correct as it goes. So let's just say you're going to head perfectly straight north. And the motor, let's just say you hit a boat wake or wind hits you. That motor is going to correct its heading. It's no longer going to be locked in that fixed position. So it will fine-tune its own path as it goes, which is really convenient, especially for me, because it's not like that that's locked in um, forever. Like, by locked in forever, um, I'm meaning you can steer it at any second. So it's going, and you're like, okay, I, I'm off this weed point. And then I, like, okay, I want to steer back into the land. I just either grab my FUPA, my, mm -hmm. my, yeah. my, my remote, or my foot pedal, and I can hit that and re redirect my route. I'm constantly steering my autopilot. But there are times that I can maybe get another cast or finish the cast that I was doing and not have to get immediately on the motor, whereas if it was just a little bit off-kilter, and it was pulling and me. And it's coming down to, like, what type of body of water you're fishing. Because what you're talking about, Andy, I mean, that th that holds true for the, your your fishing style. The small bodies of water. That doesn't work well for what I'm doing. I mean, for, for me, even when I'm Chautauqua, I'm doing the same thing. It's on, and I'm doing the occasional course correction based off a of water depth. Yeah. But usually the wind's kicking the back end of the boat around so much that it's just, 
I mean, it, I mean, the autopilot is interesting, but if it's calm, it's great. If it's calm, it's great. You know, but I used it half a dozen times because every time I do it, it, it yes. Yeah. Honestly, if it's calm, it's great. If it's calm, it's great. When pull through, I go, I go back to just being able to adjust on the fly. So when I'm out there with clients and I'm sitting there and basically we're casting, all as I'm doing is is boat adjustments. Yeah. Up, 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 down, down, down. Up, 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 down, down, down. Now, I am, I mean, sometimes I'm timing this up. If I'm like, look, here's the weed line right here, buddy. This is where you need to be. Pick this house. Pick this buoy. This is where it's at. And he's not listening. And I see a trend. I throttle up a little bit. I'm like, okay, the bait's in. I know he's going to cast the exact same spot. I'm like <laughs> on the trolling motor. Picks it up a little bit. I know where his trajectory is going to be because he is not listening to me. I know if I if I pull the boat up five feet real quick, subtle, you know, not not so jerking, but I know if I pull it up, it's going to land like right on that edge. That that's why I don't use that autopilot as yeah, much. Yeah, that's why I don't either. Yeah. In a big in in a big wind situation, say I have that wind to my back, and I pick. I pick a position that I that it's blown. We got we got a two and a half three foot chop in my back, and I know there's fish in this area. And I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put the nose out. I'm gonna try and keep that weed line right on my transom. I'm gonna have the person casting out of my transom basically parallel to it, and I'm gonna have the guy fishing out of my bow casting deeper, but also trying to to tip that weed, that weed edge. Uh, almost at like a 45 that's essentially what happens being the deep the the deeper edge i'm going to pick something that's like all the way across the lake i'm going to try to adjust my speed to it i'm going to hold there but it still screws me up i still have better control of the boat when it's when it's my boat I, I guess I'm, In, I'm i'm not following exactly because you can still drive it the way you're talking but the motor's going to, if like you pick a blue house across the lake and you have that motor pointed there, you hit, you know, and, and you have your autopilot on, that motor's always going to be wanting to go there. And yeah, but your boat, is, your boat is now, what happens to, what happens in the big, I'm not, I'm not going to say big water, but if there's any type of wind, it's now the next thing you know, the, 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 boat is turning in circles because it's pointing towards there but the back end of the boat is back is pushing forward essentially yeah it's like yeah and 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 i'm turning the wrong way and that's what that's what's happening it's it's pointing there i want to i want to think that you know the way you guys are describing this i'm not are we talking about the same thing because when i turn my autopilot on it's not like autopilot on and I just put the, 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 the key key fob away, I'm still doing everything that I would do, but I'm doing it less. And I've been in some really bad wind situations as well. It, it does, it helps with minor corrections. Um, with just fighting, you know, fighting wind. 
uh, fighting boat wake. Uh, if you're like, we got a straight weed line here, it, it can it, it's going to want to keep on that path. So if you're trying to fish and cast, you know, uh, run the bow mount and fish at the same time, you're not constantly on there. That's the difference there. Because we're not, I'm not fishing. Okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep it going. I just, I just feel like the boat turns, but it, yeah, that's it. It's all that all comes back to being relevant to how big of, you know, what's going on today. <laughs> how, how windy is it? It's. Uh, I, I would almost have to draw this out for people, uh, yeah. for for them to to understand that, you know. Because I mean, like the Vance, the way I, I understood what you were talking about, but the you still have full control of the prop speed, up and down. You still have full control left and right. It's just when some big gust comes, the motor will compensate because it, it it'll respond and get you back on where you want to be. I, I every time that you guys have fished with me with my bow mount down, my my autopilot's on. And you might not even notice or care because you're back there fishing. But I, I think that if you played around with that a little bit, you might like it. It's it's not a game changer by any means, but it does it does lend a little bit more freedom of that, not having to be on the motor. Yeah. I mean I mean, we might be just fishing a little bit differently in that situation, though. With 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 having having people in the boat, and then you know, and not being in it because, it, it, or just fishing myself. Because I know when I'm fishing myself, I can. If the boat spins, I could still be where I want to be. I just can. I can cast that way. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing it for a while. I could still hit the target area if the thing was spinning, and if I was cycloning out there i could still make that adjustment but i I think it works in the flat calm situations when it starts gusting like that i i can't my brain's twisting right now because i don't i don't put it on because it's pulling it the way that i want where the nose of the boat to be and the where the way that i want the ass end of the boat to be in the drift is not going to work when I have the wind to my back. Because I'm picking a spot far away from it, and I want the boat to be positioned a certain way. Butt end up against that weed edge, always parallel to it. Nose end, just moving right with right on that weed edge. Somebody deep, somebody right next to it. It's tough to do in those really windy situations. Yeah, we fish differently. There's no doubt. You know, that's 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 what's that's what I'm twisted up about with it. I guess I, I I would almost try to compare this to when I put on cruise control in my truck. It's not. I'm still driving the truck. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that there is a cruise control option on these motors, and this is a, it's the only good reference I have. But um, 
that's outside of a you know a marine environment. But you, you're still in control. Everything that you guys have said is is all easily done with autopilot on. Uh, you know, like if you wanted to do that, like follow the line kind of thing. I've never really played with that. Like you, you have it record a track or hold hold a you know a hold a contour. Yes, that's yeah. the word. I've never played with that. Um, is it good? I have. I, I have it never ever. I think that maybe if you weren't musky fishing, that would be really good, or where it was really calm, like you're saying. But I, I've always found that if, if you gave me the option, autopilot is always going to be on because I found that, for me, you're going to be correcting it less and still getting the same line that you want. So it gives me a little more freedom with the casting. Yep. Um, the other thing you can do, is if your bow mount is secured well enough and you're going not extremely fast, you can use your bow mount to steer in a trolling application. Um, uh, 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 maybe not necessarily in muskies, but you can use it. You can power up your uh, kicker or whatever, do two miles an hour, and you can have that, that bow mount going as well, and you can let the autopilot... Uh, contour following you know follow a a breadcrumb thing that you put down follow a track and you can just keep the the boat motor straight and let the bow mount steer you around whatever say if you were trying to do walleye fishing of sorts so if you're like a multi-species thing that's that's a great advantage right there um, is to let the bow steer it for you then, yeah that all that all that all makes sense to me, but I'm 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 this is this is gonna be my final attempt to paint the picture. Okay. Okay. The wind is to my back. When I'm casting, I always use that to my advantage. Todd, I, I would say that you do the yes. same thing. Yep. Okay. I use the wind to my advantage. I never want to fight that. It's difficult. Is the boat parallel or enough. perpendicular to the wind? It's always parallel. Trying. So well, it's pushing on your transom. It's par- no. It is parallel to the weed line. My yeah. transom is perpendicular. Or no, my transom is parallel. So it's the pushing. Okay. The wind is pushing on your the, the side of your boat or the transom? The side of my boat. Always trying to keep it on the side, yeah. Okay. okay, so okay, so we got we we have that clear. Weed lines 180 degrees, transoms 180 degrees. I got some wind in my back, substantial wind in my back. So, how is autopilot going to keep me there if I'm pointing to a location across the lake or across a body of water? Keep me parallel there. That's 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 the way that I'm fishing. Um, mm. I'm trying to keep I'm trying to keep that transom parallel to that weed line. I want people crossing it, you know, when they're casting. Right in this in in, in that situation, what you just described in this perfect scenario, it sounds like you don't even need a trolling motor. I do though, because you bump in and you bump. I'm pulling in. Okay. Uh, I, I mean. It, 
it's never the wind is never perfect but essentially that is what i'm trying to do it might be coming in on an angle but uh you know there's no perfect north and south weed line uh you know it's relative but it's never perfect in that detail but that's essentially what i'm trying to do with whatever weed edge that i fish you know i don't like to turn the boat and cast into the weeds i want a little bit of wind to my back in a perfect scenario i am my transom is 180 on that wind on that weed line so just the way that i fish mm-hmm. um, and i'm always crossing it i really don't don't like when it's dead flat calm when it's dead flat calm yeah all of a sudden uh now my transom is perpendicular to that weed line i'm pulling across it but deal with a lot of wind 180 transom 180 weed line that's where i'm parallel i can't pick up a spot on autopilot across the lake that is going to keep me in that perfect drift better than me being hands-on with it that's just generally what happens when i'm fishing with with the big wind because if i pick a spot i'm going to pass it up or it's going to adjust that speed and take me to it pull me off that weed line Right. Autopilot does autopilot does not adjust RPM of the prop. Yeah. I mean I, I get I get what you're saying and, and I mean I, I I really do. I'm yeah. just you know, from from what I've experienced, having a little extra help, it, it is if you turned autopilot on and, and you didn't know it, some situations like, like you explained your your perfect scenario it really, like I said, like in that perfect scenario, you don't necessarily need a trolling motor. And, but I, I get it. You don't necessarily want that motor to say, hey, we're not going on course anymore. Um, and there's actually two kinds of autopilot. One is course and the other is an actual, it wants to go back to that line and it'll actually do anything it can to go to it which in your situation would be steering the wrong way. Um, I, I forget what it's called, like enhanced autopilot or whatever. But just keeping that motor head and the bearing that you want it, um, it, it, it does come in. It, it, do, it is handy. Um, especially like if, you know, as the weeds go, and you said nothing's a perfect situation, the way a weed bed might flow you might have the perfect drift for a while, but then you got to bump that thing out. Having that motor make some corrections when you're trying to have a rod in your hand mid-cast can sometimes be the difference of holding out before having to step on a pedal or grab your key fob. Okay. Um, it, but, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything it, with motor RPM. It's just right. adjusting of the steering head, which if you're going to do that anyway... Like, I mean, I do. There's times that I don't, like, why do I even have this on? But I leave it on because if it helps me out for 30 seconds. A cast or something, yeah. yeah that's that's where um, it comes in. Is it, I think, I think I'm going to close on it with this. I don't use it in big wind situations. I use it in dead flat calm situations. Not dead flat calm, but, you know, little ripple on the water. Under one footers. Yeah, I'm more hands-on with it, but the, I mean that's just the way. Some people use the wind 
to their to their advantage with putting it up against their back. Some people pull into it. Yeah. They really want to hit this weed line. I don't know. Did that make any sense, Todd? What I was trying yeah, to explain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely right there at the end. I mean, some people just go go the weed line. You can map it out. You can do whatever you want. You just follow that follow that weed line. I like to use the wind. I don't go certain places certain days because the wind's not blowing the right way. I can't. I don't. I don't like fish in the wind. Perfect. Uh, perfect case scenario. Do you? Would you guys rather cast into the weeds or cast against them parallel? Parallel. I would like to be parallel too. You just. So that's what I'm essentially trying to do mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. the time. And I'm confident that I could do it in that big water situation, but the big waves and stuff, I'm still trying to do it. It might be insane out there, but I'm just like, yeah, we're right here. This is the edge. You know, we're rocking like crazy, but this is the edge. I, when I pick a spot, when I have the wind on my back in those big situations, I feel like I pass it up. There's no really way for me to, pick that direction uh i feel like i pass it up and the boat tries to pull back to it when i'm moving with it i don't know i mean i might have just confused a ton of people on this i know i've confused andy on it but no no i i, I, I i've envisioned i i know exactly what you're talking about because i i tend to fish the same way however when the wind's blowing hard on a lot of the places i'm at it's not white capping yeah um, I get it. So I am pulling more, and I guess that what I was trying to say is that even you're with, definitely pull. Yeah, yeah. Even if my autopilot is on, I'm still making course adjustments constantly. But if at the end of the day, having my autopilot on it leads to ten more casts, that's ten more casts that I wasn't because I I've had no non autopilot. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, I mean, there's like, there's no autopilot. Like I had a co-pilot to where it's on, off, left, right, increase or decrease speed. And once I got autopilot, I said, this is very convenient. And I mean, this goes to even smaller waters. When I'm like, I have 150 yards straight away, you know, and I can't go right or left. I'm going to smash a tree or go into the bank. Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about anything. Even if, even if I had a gust of wind. But I'm not having a huge many acres open. That's that's yeah. gonna let that wind hit that water, carry the water, pick up speed or do whatever, or maintain speed, whatever wind does. Um, but so now in every situation, I'm 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 putting it on, and I'm I don't want to say I'm lazy on the pedal, but I definitely use it less. Because there are times, like I say, why are you turning this way? No, and I'll 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 turn it, and then all of a sudden it has a whole new set of direction that it's trying to keep. But I would have had to do it anyway if I didn't have it. So now that I confused everybody as well, let's take a vote. If you guys could have autopilot, would if you have the option of autopilot, would you have it? Yes or no? <laughs> I would say yes. I would have it. I would have it because for a I mean, dead flat calm day, yeah, <laughs> to pull me around. Okay, now if, if did I did I I mean I man, think Todd I, and, Todd and I fish the same. I, I absolutely. It, we're, we're, I'm, 
I were you Mike following what I was trying to say there? The, 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 it came across good to I me. Just went with the, yeah, I mean that's why I went with the this. You know, I just got a twenty-four volt system on my boat because all I'm all I'm doing is bumping. I'm not going to try to. I'm not going to be a bass guy and like pull into these giant waves and pull up this weed edge. All I'm doing, if I can't keep it to bump location, because every time I've done that, you know what the guys catch? Weeds or nothing. Yeah. You know, I just fight it, and it just doesn't produce. I watch the way the wind's blowing, and I use the wind, my advantage. Which way is the wind coming? Okay, I can hit this weed edge, this weed edge. All you got to do is bump in and out. Every time I turn autopilot on, in those situations when there's some wind, so I'm like, okay, i got to keep it that I want to just bump in a little bit. Next thing I know, my boat is pointed within seconds, <laughs> you know, pointed the wrong way, and they're throwing right into the weeds. So it, it doesn't work, but but it works on, it works in calm, low waters, low low wind. In, in certain uh, situations, it can be yes. more harmful it can be than good. Um, yes. It can be. It can be great. It can be bad. I would say, I mean, man, if you can get I, it, it's it's worth the extra money, and you don't necessarily need anything else. Does it even that. come? Is, it does it does it cost it, extra money to get it now on these trolling motors? They all have it, don't they? There was a time when I when I first got my power drive that that was like the thing to have was autopilot. Then I got yeah. my Tarova, and it's like, oh, you can get autopilot with iPilot and all these other fancy yes. things. And so now that's like the old technology, but I still think that is the way the to, yeah. to, to have it because I don't I've said I'm like, I'm going to map out my lakes and then I'm just mm. going to go ahead and when I drop the trolling motor, say go to the end and just let it pull me around the lake. I never took the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But instead mm-hmm. it's easier for me to hit autopilot on, go and just let it pull me and work it, yeah, and work it. And I guess you know, you know, we're, we're you know, we've agreed that we fish differently, but it's mm-hmm. also I fish different times. Mm-hmm. If it's four footers, now I had did attempt it with Vance one time. I'm not fishing that day. You guys <laughs> don't have an option. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. it's not you know I'm not saying that this is a cure all band aid for every situation, mm-hmm. but like what Todd was saying, bumping really should add to Vance. Vance, don't think you didn't do a good job explaining. I envision it perfectly in my head, what you were, okay. what you were talking about. Um, so, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're doing. You want the wind to push you guys down, and what you're saying is you're worried about the motor, even if it's off, trying to do a course correction, and when you turn it on, it spins you, and you don't want that. Mm-hmm. Did that sum it up? Please yes. say yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. 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 Is that a really a no? <laughs> no. It, it's a yes. I, there, I don't want people to think we're a bunch of idiots out here. I swear to God, we catch fish. We just <laughs> I don't think anyone's doing that. But you know, just <laughs> it, it was a really neat discussion because there's some people out there that just feel as though they put an eight hundred dollar, you know, TV screen key fob on their thing that it's now like the world changer oh which, yeah it's which gonna was, follow it, it, i 
I've almost, yeah, it, it, oh my God, it's going to follow this contour, and I'm going to be on that thing, I'm going to be where I, it's not how it, it is. Yeah, good luck if the wind's blowing. Yeah, I've always. <laughs> it's going to follow it, you're going to be spinning around. And you know, the, the, yeah. the, weird, the weird thing is, is on those dead flat calm days, and I'm using that all, autopilot to pull me to somewhere, and I'm casting into the weed edge, or, you know, as against, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, as opposed to parallel with it. What should you do it and you catch fish that way? But um, I've always been like, man, I wish I could just line this transom up parallel and just have like thrusters. Yeah. Off, like off the backside <laughs> of this boat right now and just push me parallel across this thing and just be like, is that, and my, my perfect fishing scenario is parallel to that weed line bringing that jerk bait right across that deep side of that weed edge and letting it sit there and that's that's what I, I'm I'm essentially trying to do but now I don't know a little bit different topic have you guys played around with this big wind with a drift sock no I, 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 I have I mean not for muskies I mean I can I of course I can I can cleat off a drift sock but it's just I know it's another thing to jack around with. That's that's the one thing is it is another thing to play with. I did play with it once in the in my Ranger. I would say that it worked acceptably well. I you know, the boat was slower than than the wind. You know, this was, you know, some high wind for local lakes and stuff like that, but you know, it, it did it did make boat control suffer a bit because now you got a drift sock out. I mean, if you're trying to make a yes, correction, yes, I couldn't. I could not make my corrections. That's what happened with me. I mean, but we got, we we have options. That's where we got. That's that's why Chautauqua was world class. Uh, there's options on Chautauqua. Mm-hmm. It's just not not be one one spot. You know, it all changes when you get other party members on your boat you know if it was us three going out there and i was like they're here this is our day to fish there are yeah. three footers in here and it is 30 mile an hour consistent with gusts we're bringing the drift socks and we're hitting this weed edge and it's as big as a football field that's when i do it if not i'm just like there's also a fish over here and i'm not going to put the green client out on this insane weather pattern we're just going to go catch them over here instead. Uh, that's that's the way that I look at all that extra monkeying around. But that's just that's specific to the body of water we're at. You know. Mm-hmm. Nice. Did you use a drift sock this year, Todd? I didn't put one out this year. I've used it many times in the past. Tried. No, I don't feel as bad. Okay. Tried it. I yeah. don't. I don't like it. I always figured I'm gonna get a fish tangled in it. And, it's an. Yeah. E- it's an extra net. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I. I think I could use it very well if I was fishing by myself. Yeah. But not with people fishing all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's another thing to jack around with. Man, so it slowed me down, and the thing was, I could not make my corrections. 
Yeah, you, you have to well, jack the, the trolling motor speed way up. <laughs> the trolling motor speed <laughs> to try to get to where I wanted to get to. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so... And then the, the sock was behind me. And then it takes, you know, 30 seconds for it to catch back up. It's going to pull mm -hmm. you back a little bit. Yeah. So it, yeah. it, it's a whole other learning curve. And mm -hmm. I'm by no means an expert. But it it did help. And, and there might be some situations where it's really, really good. Yeah. There might be river situations where if the wind is wrong, you can put that on your boat and let the river pull you down instead of blowing upstream. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But there's a lot of times that, like, people that even go with charters for, with Vance and I, I don't think they, well, I know they don't because they go try to repeat it and they don't realize the, They think we're just fishing. There's a lot going on. We're doing yeah. a lot to try to keep these people on these little weed points that are stuck out, and it makes a big difference. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and you I couldn't hit them with that sock. Yes, you oh. get. Yeah, yes. Little things. Perfect, man. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add? I think we. In two hours, we've covered yeah. in depth the boat setup, sort of setups, weed lines. My it's God. hard. It's hard to do a whole boat setup because as we as we started it, man, you can do it in a you can kind do of, it in a kayak. <laughs> you know, kind of just a matter of of uh, uh, complacency. <laughs> you know how you know. Uh, what are you going to do with uh, the big wind? Better get off the water. You know, the bigger the boat, the better you are there. But, yeah, if the weather conditions are nice, you can do it in anything. Yeah, but, and, you know, and it, come, it kind of, I mean, it, this can be brought in full circle with the, if you had to choose, you know, talking about the, the little tin boat you start out with. You know, little twelve foot little pillar thing, and you're in big wind. You get ready for the big water if you can tackle it, and a little pillar. You know, all this extra junk that we're talking about is high tech fishing stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can still get it done with that that little stuff. It still still comes down to being able to fish efficiently. Drift socks, crazy stuff like that. I, it's just mind-boggling to me. Sometimes I, I, I hear myself talking these podcasts, and I think I'm doing it all wrong. Yeah. Are you but rethinking you know, every decision but, in your life? But everything feels right when you're out there. You know, you're, you're uh, you can say it, but until you get out and do it, and you be that captain of your little vessel instead of going with your buddy, that's when you learn. <laughs> yeah it you know that's boat set up in a nutshell maybe hopefully hopefully <laughs> i think you could talk about that forever yeah yeah and, and and you're dealing with some guy fishing a mud puddle some guy fishing lake of the woods yeah some guy fishing st Clair. yeah you know, they, they, I mean, but 
overall, that's our boat setups. And I would like to think that the boat, my boat setup for my little rivers and little mud puddles is still basically set up for bigger lakes like Chautauqua. I could still take it to Cave Run. I could take it to the 70% of the musky lakes around and not be like, I'm going to struggle because of this. And primarily, like, my boat is just going to be the sheer size of it. Mm. A little 16-foot 10 Ranger is not the same as a 21-foot that's 102 inches wide. Yeah. But for the most part, if you're looking for a musky setup, I'd like to think that what we covered will get the job done very well. Weather dependent. Absolutely. You're ready to roll. Yeah. And, and it's like anything. It sucks fishing in threes and fours, even in a 26-foot boat. So, it, you know, a 12-foot boat, yeah, you're not going to go out. 26, <laughs> it's still going to suck. Yeah. And you're going to probably be wondering, I should just be watching the game with whatever Johnny over there with his 12-foot boat. But Yeah, more often than not, you're going to be lucky. To mm-hmm. Get some fish in the bag. But, uh. All right, let's wrap this one up. So check out the Muskie Max Plus coming in March. Uh, they got a nice Facebook page. You know, send some stuff, get involved there. Um, come see us down there. We're gonna also be at Vic's Marina. I don't know the dates off the top of my head. It's been two hours, a long two hours. Twenty-three, twenty-four. Twenty-three, twenty-four. February 23-24, Vicks Marine, Vicks Sports Center, Kent, Ohio, Ranger Ranger Boats, St. Croix Rods, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, Fatty Z Muskie Products. Did I get them all? I think. I think. (laughs) It's late. Mm -mm. Yeah. So, well, I hope we fulfilled many questions worth of boat setups but that's ours and that's pretty much how that's going to be getting set up on these two rangers that are going to be joining the family here in a couple months so um thank you for the question i hope we covered it so till next time stay warm